Happy Bruise Day Tuesday, everybody. My name is Caroline King, and you're listening to Bitch Beer. Welcome back. I have a great episode in store for us today. This week, we are visiting one of my favorite up-and-coming craft beer breweries in New Orleans, Louisiana, and that is Urban South. It is located in the heart of downtown, right off of Chapatula Street. Don't ask me how to spell that. I can, but I'm not going to. There's a lot of letters, consonants. It's it's a thing. <laughs> so today, I sit down with Anna Abby, Midge, and Amber, some of the amazing ladies of Urban South. They are so much fun, so cool. We talk about Urban South, how it got started, all of their amazing beers, and where they plan to go next. And all of you will get the very special treat of hearing my New Orleans accent come back. So enjoy that one. <laughs> Hope y'all enjoy it. South Brewery in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, if you guys could just go around the room and introduce yourselves and what you do here. I'm Anna and I do sales and marketing here for Urban South. I am Abby and I am the on-premise sales and marketing director. I'm Midge. I do our social media and our merchandising. And I'm Amber. I'm the assistant taproom manager. Awesome. Cool. Thank you all so much for being here. This is awesome. Or inviting me here. I'm at the brewery, so. <laughs> Thanks for coming by. Yeah. So New Orleans is my hometown. And last time, like, because I, I grew up here, but I haven't actually lived in New Orleans in probably about, like, 10 years. And uh, how long have you guys been around? Oh, I'm born and raised here. Nice. So from birth, I, I was actually only gone in Baton Rouge, which is not that far for yeah. a couple of years, and then back home. Nice. I've lived here for two years, so just uh, recently had my anniversary of my uh, working at the brewery as well. Awesome. So I'm originally from Massachusetts, and I moved down here to go to school at Loyola, and I stayed afterwards, which is pretty rare, unfortunately. Many of my <laughs> friends have moved away, um, but it's uh, it's been six years now, and it's pretty cool to see how much the craft beer scene has changed over that time, yeah. um, especially making the jump from Massachusetts down here. Like, Granted, I was still younger, not like interacting with craft beer as much, but um, just to see like the culture between the two states and how, how, different, how different it is. It is. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I moved here about four or five years ago from Florida, but I've lived all over. Uh, I was born in San Diego and just kind of made my way to the East Coast. That's awesome. There. That's so cool. And then how long has Urban South been around? Well, we opened like three and a half years ago, 2016. Wow. So yeah, it hasn't been that long and we've been able to grow quite a bit in just the short amount of time we have been open. And it's really cool because you guys are such a well-recognized brand in New Orleans, too. So how do you guys feel the, cr the landscape of craft beer has changed since you guys started 
in New Orleans? Well, I would say, um, like, really, there was a change in laws in 2015 that really drastically changed the way that breweries are able to operate and actually being able to serve beer through a tap room to the consumer. Nice. So that kind of prompted a lot of more breweries to start opening, including us. Like, that year that we opened, I think there was three other breweries that opened. Mm -hmm. So that was, like, a big boom like really drastically changed. And so since then, a couple of more have opened and I think we're up to 10 in the, in the city proper. So like slowly making moves, getting there. That's awesome. We had a similar law change in Atlanta too, where like you can actually sell beer at the brewery now and you can serve it in a tap room. So like all the breweries that were already there just went through big renovations. And then now we have like breweries all over the place. So um, the, I know the culture in Atlanta is like a lot of the breweries, everybody's friends with each other. They all like, is it pretty similar down here too? Absolutely. I feel like the, the culture here is like everybody's brothers, sisters. It's like helping each other, like helping each other open and once you have any problems. It's just we're so small, so intimate here. And like New Orleans is like a big, small town. Yeah. Like it's small in like actual capacity, but it's just everybody works together it's just the culture of like being southern and just like southern hospitality and it kind of like spreads into the brewing scene as well That's yeah awesome. definitely you know on Chapatulas we have three well three breweries now Miel just celebrated their one year anniversary so it's definitely cool to see how we all help each other you know if someone needs some hops or needs help with their yeast we're really just a phone call away and really supportive of each other I think what's really cool about craft beer is, I mean, it is a community, and so there's no point of us to be pitted against each other. We're all kind of like on the same mission. We're all fighting the same fight, and it's nice. Exactly. Everybody's mission in New Orleans still is just to get craft beer like a thing. And we were so late to the game of the craft beer scene that we're playing catch up. So nobody wants to like hurt anybody else by saying like, oh, don't go to that brewery. It's mm -hmm. like, no, go to everywhere. Support everyone. Because the more support you have, the more you promote it, the more of a destination, the more beer we're going to sell. It's just helpful for everybody. Yeah. New Orleans is already that tourism city. So to have so many breweries just in like a very close proximity it just adds a nice layer of so many people are coming from out of state states mm -hmm. that have really strong brewery cultures they're coming here and they get to go to three of them and see what they're about and see kind of like a different taste on what new orleans is in general it is so much more beyond bourbon street exactly that's such a good point yeah that's like because i have so many people that like ask me up in atlanta like okay we're on bourbon street do i need to go i'm like <laughs> i mean go one Check night but you gotta like go other places yeah exactly yeah. the one night on bourbon street and then after that i guarantee you don't want to go back <laughs> nope, you'd be nope. like begging for other things <laughs> that's to do. all it takes and then get out of the quarter come out here <laughs> there's so many other neighborhoods that have so much culture and like stuff to do and see it's like just get out of that little hole <laughs> like enjoy the rest of new orleans yeah and new orleans is such a family friendly city too like especially coming to the breweries and i mean it's dog friendly so it's like it's yeah it's uh i just feel like it's a cool destination that people can kind of explore outside of like what would typically be a new orleans experience like on the outside mm -hmm, <laughs> definitely so what kind of uh what kind of beers are y'all known for here what did you got what were, what were the beers that you started with uh, we st our first beer that we ever brewed was Charming Wit, um, which is American style wheat beer. Uh, but I, we're really well known for our IPAs and our sours. 
our head brewer Alex has really taken the whole sour project to the next level. He's super experimental. Um, I believe we're really known for just being really outside the box. Uh, I think one of our biggest beers that we had at our anniversary party was a blueberry coffee sour, which is, Yum. it was just absolutely incredible. We paired up with a local coffee roaster, uh, Hey Cafe, um, and we made this wacky, weird beer. Uh, he's brewed out in San Diego before, so he's got that tie. That beer was also in collaboration with Coronado. Uh, so, you know, just kind of bringing that West Coast uh, flair and going outside the box. I, you know, like they said, we're kind of far behind on beers. There's only 30 breweries across the entire state of Louisiana, wow. uh, which is minuscule. That's like the amount of breweries that are in maybe just Asheville alone yeah, uh, same with in Atlanta, one corner yeah. of town. So uh, we're just trying to play that catch up game, but we're also, I would say the most experimental of all the breweries out there right now, just That's trying so to true. throw some weird, wacky things in there. Yeah, try and be diverse in the styles that we make so that there's a little bit for everyone, but yeah. really kind of focus like more to like that German, like European styling base, and then just being fun and adventurous with uh, like IPAs and sours, which everybody is on board with. That's awesome. Yeah, it's part of our mantra, really, to take European, the heritage of European beer making and combine it with the brashness of new American styles. So that's cool. We're constantly pushing that creativity, innovation, just trying to create really great world-class beer. Are you geeking out over like the product knowledge? <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a whole, actually, I mean, we might as well just share the story. Anna, she came in super clutch. We just um, were out at GABF with Jameson and we had to do uh, a lot of media and so My she and I ever media yeah. thing. <laughs> wow that's awesome yeah she and I uh, we went on and we did this interview and they were like do you have any closing statements I'm like Anna do you have anything to say and she just nailed like our mission statement so perfectly and so that's so cool yeah we were all like sitting there we're like yeah I get it girl. Like, <laughs> that's awesome so proud of her yeah so I was really <laughs> proud of the product that we have and the brand that we've created and um, all of us are part of the marketing team so That's so cool you know being able to see it from the back of house and then also watching what it does out in the market is so mm -hmm. exciting it's so rewarding for us and then you know we have to, it's up to us to let the brewers know and everybody how yeah. good a job they're doing and so it's really fun we get to be like the deliverers of good news all the time that's awesome well and you can tell when you walk in the building the tap room's super chill super fun Super cool. The neighborhood's awesome. And then, so we're, actually, all of us are drinking beer right now. Uh, what beer am I drinking again? Uh, this is the Hoppa Style, which is an Imperial IPA. It's 8%. Mm, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, what beer are you drinking? So I've got the Pina Guavada, which Ooh. is a uh, pineapple guava DDH IPA that we just released this past weekend. Ooh. Oh, I actually tasted that one this weekend. That's yeah. So good. Little oh surprise release in there with our barrel-aged stouts. I will <laughs> love it. I have our Hudak Golden Ale. Yes. It's a new release for the fall and uh, very quickly one of my favorite beers. Oh, so. Same. I'm drinking the Hudak as well. I can't nice. get away from it. Ever since we put it on, it's like my go-to beer. That's awesome. It's like perfect for, well, football, watching yeah. the Saints, but then just want some easy, quick, you want to just like throw back. Perfect. So crushable, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, and I've got the Raspberry Berliner that we brewed. Uh, and kind of in collaboration with our Fall Fest and um, Oktoberfest here in town. Awesome. Yeah. And even just going back to, you know, the styles that we're known for, the Louisiana climate is just, it's always hot. Yeah. So definitely 
our canon of beers are all toned for that heat. So it's interesting. Like you can have more than one of the styles that we offer in market. So offer for mass distribution. You can have more than one. And that's really important when it comes to everyday life in Louisiana, whether it be yeah. wanting something to cool off or like wanting something to go tailgate with or wanting yeah. something to drink during Mardi Gras or any <laughs> of the other festivals we have going on every weekend. Exactly. If you need something that you can drink all day, we got something for you. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> sure. oh, I absolutely love it. Because it's true. I mean, I mean I, I'm a Saints fan. I'm from here. and But yeah, I get so much shit up in Atlanta. Like, Oh, we can curse on the podcast. Oh. Sorry. That changes the I always thing. I know. I always <laughs> I always usually remind people that you can curse. You can say whatever you want. Um, but, yeah, I'm a huge Saints fan. So I, when I saw the Huda, I was like, oh, yeah, th these are my people. It's perfect. <laughs> um, and so what are some, okay, so what are some, like, gateway craft beers that got you start, that got you interested in craft beer, whether in Louisiana or not in Louisiana? Oh, I know. Me, straight, like, in college, even before I could drink. Uh, Purple Haze, Vita yeah. Purple Haze, which I mean everybody knows all over since Vita is like distributed so wide. That was my gateway beer. I didn't like beer, but that's just a little sweet, fruity, and from there it just exploded. Nice. Uh, so I went to the University of South Carolina um, and have lived in Charleston before this. Uh, so really the biggest booming uh, craft beer scene brewery at the time during college when I got into like beer trading on Beer Advocate and things like that was um, Coast Brewery. Uh, it's in Park Circle. Shout out to Jamie and David. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, they had uh, Blackbeard, which was the most sought out beer back in like 2000 and I don't know, five. So lining up, you know, outside of bottle shops trying to get that stuff, just learning about that community really hooked me. I mean, besides that, I'm a high life drinker, so. Yeah. <laughs> I love me some cheap, cheap beer, too. Yeah. I love, like, Michelob Ultra and Coors Light, so mm -hmm. it's, it's beer. <laughs> um, I think I have, like, the cliche, like, I went to Ireland and I drank a bunch of Guinness yeah. beer story, um, which is exactly what happened, so we were out one day, and I think I, over the course of, like, 12 hours, had 12 Guinness, and I was, like, from then on, you know, the the dark beer got me into craft beer. Um, but even just outside of that, like my parents always had craft beer in their fridge. My mom drinks so much Boston lager and harpoon, like that was our oh, domestic. Yeah. And um, my cousins went to school in Vermont right around the time that Hetty Topper was becoming really popular. So these were all like factors that came into play like growing up. Or, and then, I mean, beer's kind of, I always consider it to be an acquired taste. So you just have to find that first layer of beer that you like, and then you can kind of like level up. Yeah, sure. that's true. <laughs> so my first beer was a little, uh, I guess, more bougie. <laughs> so I went to UCF, and uh, being in Florida, World of Beer was really popular, so one opened up down from the college, and uh, my first ever craft beer was Delirium Tremens. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Shut mouth, the that's little a way pink to start. elephants, <laughs> and uh, great Belgian beer, and I was hooked, and um, you know, I got my uh, my membership card to World of Beer, and that just became like my go-to hangout. I eventually later worked for the company, but oh, that's super awesome. awesome! Yeah, do you? Oh, I wonder if you know Tessa. Tessa that is yeah. one of my best friends. <gasps> she was on the podcast. Oh yeah. my god! Hold on, we're gonna talk about this. So Tessa, she's been on the podcast, and she's one of my best, best, best friends up yeah. in Atlanta. She's like the taproom manager at Scofflaw and yes. everything. Oh, we I love, love you, Tessa, and your yeah. little dog. Oh my gosh, I love Tessa. Oh. 
I just love how the beer community is just like so it's so big but so small. Yeah. yeah. So because this happens all the time. Like I'll just and I was oh, telling so. Amber like when I walked in here I was like I've never met you but I feel like I know you because I follow you on Instagram. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's how Amber and I met. We met via <laughs> following each other on Instagram and then ran into each other at a bottle at a share. Bottle share and we're like. Bananas for beer. Oh my gosh. Beer lover. What? Yeah. I love it. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Oh, I just love the beer industry. It's amazing. It is the best. Um, so when you have people that come in here that like say like, I'm not a beer drinker. I don't. You know, they're like maybe they're coming in with a friend or family member. What do you? How do you kind of like start that conversation with them to get them to try something here? Yeah, I mean we have a uh, Paradise Park, which is probably our best selling beer right now. Um, Probably Hudat will take its take its uh, spot in a little bit, but I mean, Paradise Park is yeah. pretty far. Pretty <laughs> yeah, far is the pretty far sure. right. If anything, I think there's yeah. a level out, but I yeah. don't think it'll surprise. But uh, Paradise Park is very easy to drink. Uh, we made this light lager to appeal to the typical Louisiana weather and person who might not be as educated in beer. Well, also not to cut you off, and I don't know if this is actually a real uh, statistic, but I think Louisiana is the highest. State of high state of Michelob Ultra consumption. Oh, I can believe that it. does not surprise and me. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, so that's also part of Paradise Park's some inception. of those Michelob Ultra drinkers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like oh. we got this light lager for you too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we put that out at a price point that's very similar to domestic beer in the market to get people more interested. It's like eh, it's the same price for a six pack. Why not try this local brand instead? Exactly. Yeah. That's true. And especially like getting that like shelf recognition and that shelf space too. That's oh, a good for point. sure. Mm -hmm. And that's the point of all that marketing with the flamingos. Like, <laughs> it's so cute. And we also offer so many other things. We have a uh, gluten free rose cider. So that kind of hits Ooh, all those uh, levels right those there. Gluten free cider drinkers. cider drinkers, fruity beer drinkers. I don't like the taste of beer, mm -hmm. but I want to try something new. And then we also have our beer slushy machine, which has been really yeah. fun. That is such a good idea. And making recipes, like using whatever beer we have that we want to feature, or we do a frosé with our uh, Carpe Rosé, um, just mix with some fruit juice, freeze it. I mean, it's perfect for everyone. It's just so refreshing, delicious, especially right now when it's still so hot. Yeah. It's I always perfect. joke that we're like, we try not to admit that we're a daiquiri city, but like, <laughs> <laughs> day, it's 90, 100 degrees in the summertime. You want a nice, cold, frozen drink, and so... To incorporate craft beer into that too, and just really blow it up. It's been now y'all just need fun. a drive-through window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for all like people outside of Louisiana, Louisiana, you have a uh, drive-through daiquiri stands, and as long as they don't put the straw in it, it's okay because it's not considered open container. <laughs> um, so we talked a little bit about limited releases and how like y'all kind of experiment with different beers. Um, so this past weekend we had some pretty cool releases that came out. What are some other like the, from this weekend, limited releases, and what are some of your other favorite limited releases that y'all have done? Oh, there's we, so many. We I know, right? I know. One every two weeks. So that is so cool. Yeah. Endless supply of beer. I think sure. one that really stood out and was it's fun because it's very like culturally relevant was that we did a sidewalk side and a neutral side. Neutral. <gasps> yeah. Neutral, neutral ground. Neutral, neutral ground side. side. Um, IPA, so it's dueling IPAs, and it's just like, <laughs> if you know, you know, like, where do you watch Mardi Gras from? So yeah. I think that was probably one of my favorites, just for the namesake. For sure, um, that was one of the best ones, as well as, like, our St. Spears, like, you had, she gave you the Hoppa style, we had that, the Hoodat, and the Never Bitter, but slightly petty, and so it just, like... <laughs> 
using that time of year the saints are getting started everybody's looking for that beer to drink that was really fun awesome can work which always you know, catches people's eyes one of my favorites i think that we've done and we every time we do it it sells out is the snowball juice ipa and it's all new uh, zealand hops very heavy new england style and we've also done variants playing off of those famous classic snowball flavors so the first one we did was a nectar cream <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Nectar oh my cream gosh snowball, and so that was good. just so awesome and then we've done a couple other ones since then i think a coconut and um, oh, a grapefruit, a grapefruit. Mm -hmm. yeah so we're gonna plan on um, playing around with that more oh, for this that next is snowball so season. cool so yeah anybody outside of louisiana snowballs are the big thing in louisiana especially new orleans snowballs snowball stand my personal favorite flavor is cake batter and mm -hmm. birthday cake um, You're like, that would oh man my wheels are turning <laughs> um I, that's so cool i mean it just seems like you guys are always experimenting and having something new and um so uh how many brewers do y'all have oh gosh i think we have at least six wow yeah brewer and then like shift brewers we are constantly brewing now um, yeah. every day I wouldn't doubt if soon they're gonna be brewing like all hours of the night as well um, we've been really lucky to have like such demand and like so much beer that we have to produce to get out and it's just like constantly adding new employees to like be able to keep up with the demand that we have that's awesome yeah we just brought a new um, R&D brewer on um, it hasn't like officially been announced yet, but it's really awesome because, you know, we have all these seven barrel fermenters and we've had them for a really long time. It's always been important for us to get out like those smaller batches of beer, those experimental brews, and we have a seven barrel decoction system in addition to the 30 barrel brew house. So having an R&D brewer like on site really devoted to that, it's just gonna give us more opportunity to really stay like cutting edge, put out cool new beers and, Think about what like our year-round lineup looks like and just staying nimble and on top of what's going on in the beer world keeping everything nice and fresh yeah fresh and interesting yeah, yeah. we're definitely pumping out a lot of beer i think we're on pace for 18,000 barrels um, yeah. but despite that we still are like a really small staff uh, i think we're on we're definitely under, under 50. 50. wow um and so you know that it leads to a lot of pride as well. So, you know, we've all hopped in the back and helped with the canning line, uh, helped with several different tasks around the brewery. So I think you get a different vibe when you walk in here with people being a little bit more knowledgeable and a little bit more proud of like the product we're putting out. Yeah, everybody here pretty much has like multiple categories under their head they have to do multiple tasks so it's it's good to have that knowledge all over the brewery and not just in whatever particular title that you have that's awesome and how is the split between like male and female consumers and people that come in here I'd say it's pretty even mm -hmm. as far as like our tap room goes we get so much traffic in and because we're family and dog friendly like everybody brings their whole family with them so that's wife kids everybody grandparents, so, grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like a destination and it's a place where we have kids birthday parties on the weekends it's like, I saw that so, on Saturday I was like this is amazing so <laughs> often first the birthday house. party you'll ever go to yeah <laughs> that was so cool but it just brings like all diversity of people in because you offer so much you have so much like that 
everybody wants a taste of. So, yeah, it's really pretty even, I would say. Yeah. I, I've kind of noticed a shift, too, because when I first started getting involved in, like, craft beer, it's just, I didn't really know that much about it, and I would kind of go places that when it was all a bunch of, like, bearded white dudes, mm -hmm. and I feel like, especially, even in the, like, year and a half since I've been doing the podcast, I feel like it's, it, like, there's just so much more diversity, mm -hmm. more, totally. like, women and that know more about beer, too. Bachelorette parties come in here. That is so cool. I mean, bachelorette, I've even seen, like, a bachelorette party at Parlow, and it was so funny because they were from Massachusetts. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Awesome. And so, yeah, I think it just goes to show that women drink beer, too, right? <laughs> They're all a part of it. It's funny. Again, we were at the Jameson uh, the press event, and I had, like, lipstick on my glass, and I'm like, we went to wipe it away. I'm like, wait, this is authentic. This is real. Like, exactly. this is what craft beer is. That's, like, my logo. That's yeah. so funny. <laughs> um, and then... Um, okay, the, I always like to ask this question because it's so funny. I think these stories are hilarious. Do you ever get guys mansplaining beer to you? Oh my god, oh, all the time. time. It's so, it just cracks me up. I'm like, you are so cute. We're <laughs> behind the bar. It's probably a daily thing. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Or, or they want to wait yes. for the man to come up and help them. And it's like, nope, I probably know more than he does. Or, um, yeah, I mean, there was one day I was just hop behind the bar to fill up a crowler, and he's like, wow, you really know what you're doing. And I'm like, this is my job. Like, I'm just stand here and hold the beer and look pretty. Like, yeah. I mean, still do all those things. Yeah, yeah. Of course. yeah we've got uh, another female who works here. Her name's Abby, and also Abby, and uh, she works in the back, and she probably hustles those boys more than they oh, can like she does sure. laps around them so Absolutely. yeah we've, we've definitely got a kick-ass team here that are pretty strong women I mean we all either know how to work a forklift or a scissor lift or mm -hmm. you know anything that needs to be done in the brewery we don't really need anyone's help mm -hmm. uh I mean they're nice to be around but uh yeah <laughs> or order reaching things on really high shelves yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, why don't you come pull this like uh, half barrel keg down for me yeah. thanks, thanks. So, yeah. <laughs> we were talking too that we have a really strong presence in our local pink boots society too uh, so, that's awesome yeah. that's uh, so cool a lot of the females that work in our brewery are also members of that and we really bring that like that women in beer pride like back and forth that's super cool yeah. how long has pink boots been around in new orleans oh shoot it was I really dove deep into um, craft beer, so I would say at least 10 years, I'd want to say. It's yeah. really nice. started picking up in the last, like, probably two or three years, though. We've gotten yeah. really active in the brew day and collaborating with uh, breweries, and we just entered Nolan Tap, which is the That's homebrew so cool. competition. We actually won uh, first place for our booth, which was That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So first cool. year clean house. Congrats. All of our beers mm -hmm. real early on. Very it was popular. really exciting. We put some really fun styles in there. We had a, like a blueberry muffin sour. What? We did a hibiscus saison. We did a hazy pale ale. So like, we didn't come in with this some like easy going styles. Like we went for yeah. it. So and I think it, it's funny in the way Pink Boots is made up of women who work full time in the beer industry. Hey. So already we're kind of orchestrating the New Orleans beer scene. Many of us, mm -hmm. and so to come out. With our homebrew, it's like, yeah, you guys, we know what we're doing because, uh, this is, again, this is our job. Yeah. Like, we, what we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I'm just like shaking my head and laughing because <laughs> these mansplainers crack me up. Nothing against because we've got so many boys, so many guys that are so sweet and so wonderful. Oh, yeah. Some of the sure. best people in the world. But yeah, it is really funny. They You just have to check them sometimes and be like, guys, come on. Yeah, it was <laughs> also funny like early on when I started and so Anna and I go out um, and do the beer festivals around the state um, as part of what we do we all actually went to GABF but um, I know early on when I was doing it people would be like oh I know so-and-so at the brewery mm -hmm. or like just name drop and mm -hmm. I'm like okay I work there too yeah. I know them too Congra like congratulations <laughs> and honestly <laughs> You're probably whatever you want. You're probably gonna have to go through through me. Or yeah. Like if you if you don't, I don't know. Treat just me it, right. Yeah. Like you're not you're gonna not get, get what, what you, you want. want. Yeah. So it's just funny to see <laughs> this this dynamic and it's. Yeah, so I mean, you know them, well, whatever you're going to ask them for, they're going to direct you to me, so yeah, you should so probably just, know me. Yeah, <laughs> introduce yourself to me. <laughs> um, so where do you see uh, Urban South going moving forward? Where do, what are your goals and like what do you guys see happening in the near future or far distant future? Well, we're opening a brewery in Houston at the end of the year. Which wow, is really that's exciting. great. Yeah. That's awesome. So we're trying to create this footprint in the South of just being like a beer for the South and a brewery for the South and just kind of expanding that. There's a lot of travel between New Orleans and Houston yeah. and back and forth. So that was an obvious choice to jump into that's and just so jump cool. into that scene. So we're really excited to see the kind of doors and possibilities that that opens. But we have a really great... Um, we get really great uh, representation outside of the state of Louisiana, too. We've gone to Burning Can. Abby's gearing up to go nice. to Cooper Young in Memphis. Oh, cool. So we're, we're kind of all over. We just want to get our brand out there and have that recognition and just hope that that, in turn, you know, we've got a lot of fans across a lot of states mm -hmm. already, and we just That's hope awesome. that we can get our beer out there to them. That's so cool. Yeah. And what uh, what states are y'all distributed in right now? Just Louisiana. Louisiana. Oh, wow. Louisiana. So y'all yeah. are going out to Texas, so then you'll be in Texas. Mm -hmm. We won't um, start distribution from Houston. Um, there is some sort of small self-distribution out there, so there's an okay. the option for that. But um, we don't plan on distributing into Texas just yet. Mm -hmm. And um, as far as I understand, that'll come from this brewery um, when we yeah. do do that as yeah. well. So That's cool. pretty much, you know, our goal is to go as deep into Louisiana as possible. It's yeah. our home market. This is where our manufacturing brewery is located. And so the location in Houston is just going to, it's going to be a brew pub. It's going to be direct to consumer. You know, you go there, you drink the beer, you buy the beer on site. There's going to be no sort of manufacturing aspect to it other than like, you know, a few kegs maybe getting self-distributed here and there. Um, and I think it's just a great way to approach what's going on in craft beer right now, which is the hyper-locality of it. And it's being a part of a local culture. I think like, being in New Orleans, one cool thing I do every Mardi Gras is walking around to all the accounts that our beer's at. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting because each one's its own little, like, microchasm of what's going on. It's like, okay, this is how these people are experiencing versus how another group's experiencing, and it changes from bar to bar. Yeah. But the one consistent is that they're all drinking our beer. That's awesome. And that's so cool. And I think the opportunity of opening a location in Houston is just going to allow us to become as much a part of that culture as we got to be here. That's and awesome. And I don't think, like, distributing across states mm -hmm. really get, like, you translate as well. Exactly. By that's doing that. that presence of the tap room, the place where the beer is being made and being able to go there and see it 
even experience like fresh like new taproom only things is what you need in order to like make a presence in a new city that's more awesome than that combine like you're contributing to that local economy and creating mm -hmm. jobs for the people in that city and you're helping like we're really big in community involvement so we're all constantly doing donations and giving back and that's participating awesome. in every fundraiser that we can or hosting them here so that'll translate into the brewery in Houston as well and just start adding to that community. Yeah, so we've hired a local brewer out there, Dave Omer, um, and all of the brews team is gonna be coming from Houston. So That's there's cool. no transplants and it's just really important. It's part of our mission and I think it's really just part of what craft beer is. It's that local revival, local uh, influence. That's awesome. Wow, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me yeah. out. Is there anything else coming up that you guys want to plug or anything else coming up? Yeah, so we got we got a lot of parties coming up. So yeah. we've got a uh, first up on October 26th, yeah. hashtag basic bash. Yeah, yeah. so we'll be really excited for that one. <laughs> yeah, six beer release, uh, lots of like fun, exciting, experimental beers. We'll be doing a, a lager with a butterfly uh, PT. So a lot of places around town are doing cocktails with this uh, kind color of tea. Changing tea. Yeah, so Ooh, it's a color changing tea. Yeah. So, I've never seen this. Oh, yeah. Wow. So it changes from pink to purple with acidity. <gasps> Yeah. yeah so okay. Really cool. It's pretty cool. Perfect. I'm so excited. About it's it. called a uh, Duke for the Grand. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah. Very yeah. Instagrammable and there. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. Course, so we have a, P a PSL pumpkin spice latte one as well. I uh, I I love pumpkin it's spice. The latte. of our party. It's called Yeah Basic. Yeah. I'm so excited. That's awesome. Yeah. And then we've got uh, on Black Friday. We've got another six big six beer release uh, we'll be doing a bottled beer and then some other crazy interesting beers that'll be tap room only a um, barrel aged stuff yeah, for yeah. Nice. Stuff. yep and then in december um it'll be december the 13th we're gonna have an adult uh tacky sweater party yes. with uh some adult only photos with Santa and some fun things. So <laughs> it's, it's actually a Friday the 13th yeah. as well. Yeah. So it's a pretty it's like yeah. spooky Christmas or just yeah. mischievous Christmas yeah, party. Mischievous Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, yeah. This is awesome. Yeah, that takes us through the year and just lots and lots of things on the horizon for, for 2020. So. Yeah, a lot of new releases to the market, new release parties for us here at the Tap Room, just getting bigger. Excited. Yeah, yeah, we're pretty much non-stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like you move from one thing right back into another thing. It's just constant. It's fun. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for having me out. And then, okay, so we're on Chapatulas Street. Anybody know how to spell Chapatulas? Um, yeah. Yep. D-C-H-O-U-P-I-T-O-U-L-A-S. Yes. <laughs> yes. Anytime I have friends from outside of Louisiana, I bring them to New Orleans. They're like, oh, there's Burgundy, Burgundy Street, Burgundy. Yes. There's yes. Cha Cha Chapatulas. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like I we should call just it like Chapahopolis. Yes. They try and pronounce the T. Yeah. For all you Atlanta fans, just think the Braves chop. So. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, even the Braves aren't doing good right I now. Know. Oh, so sad. I feel I feel for them. Yes. <laughs> You're definitely gonna have to include a glossary of all the uh, different New Orleans things we talked about. Ooh, <laughs> I will. I will. Yep. I'll have a little after show in my outro of like, okay, this is a definition for this. <laughs> yeah. This is a snowball. This yeah. is the neutral ground. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. This is right. awesome. Thank, Thank you. you.
so much for listening. To learn more about Urban South, their beers and events coming up, follow them on Instagram at Urban South Beer. And if you go to New Orleans, they are definitely a stop you have to make while you're in town. Also, if you go to New Orleans, message me on Instagram or email me at caroline at bitchbeerpodcast.com. I would love to give you a list of recommendations for food to eat, places to listen and watch music, and places to drink beer, other great places. It's a wonderful town, and I would love to show you um, my side of it. <laughs> also, this Saturday, I will be at Ironmonger Brewing celebrating my favorite guys from Beer Guys Radio on their 200th episode. Um... I'll go ahead and say there's a million reasons to love Beer Guys Radio, but I'm going to give you one of them just so you kind of know my little story. So as you guys know, Ashley and Ben left the podcast earlier this year. And after they left, I actually considered stopping Bitch Beer because Ben was our sound engineer. He did all the recording. He did all the editing. He had the equipment. And I was a fish out of water and I didn't know how to edit sound or anything. So I was at a beer event and I mentioned it to Tim and Brian and immediately they were like, no, you can't stop bitch beer. That's not an option. Come to our studio tomorrow and we will figure this out for you. And of course I went to their studio and they have the most amazing equipment and they were so generous. They actually lent me so much equipment. They they gave me a huge box of recorders, microphones, cords, mic stands, everything I could possibly need. And they said I could borrow it as long as I needed to. And I borrowed it until a couple of months ago when I was able to afford to buy my own equipment and start doing everything. They showed me how to use everything, gave me tutorials on different sound editing and different programs. It was incredible. So Honestly, they are the reason that Bitch Beer is still going. So I am so grateful. I will never be able to thank them enough. So come on out with me and celebrate them with me. They are great guys, and I just want to celebrate them. And thanks, as always, to Sweet Crude for our title song, Parlez-nous et bois. And, of course, I will be back in two weeks where I visit one of the largest craft beer breweries in the entire world. And I can't wait for you to listen. I'm going to be fangirling the whole time. It's going to be embarrassing. I don't care. It's a great time. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. See y'all in two weeks. Cheers. Trapper de grand reproche, femme de grand voyage, car tu 
vont passer.